Hello everybody, Paul Jankarella here from Profits and Success, here to bring you another podcast episode from Online Marketing for Life, and that's the number four. Okay folks, we survived dropping my son off to college yesterday. Uh, He didn't cry, my wife didn't cry. Although before we left, my mother-in-law who lives with us uh, not only crowd, cried, but she broke down and grabbed onto Luke. I didn't think she was going to let go of him. He might have he might have to uh, take off his shirt, I thought, so she could have something to hold on to. But it was, um, well, that's, you know, that's an immigrant, Portuguese, you know, uh, a little melodramatic, but it... Um, it was it was touching uh, aggravating for Betty but for anybody else like myself I thought it was somewhat amusing and and touching his other grandmother I uh, basically just texted him you know and, and that's my mom you know she's uh, pretty much to the point you know here you go enjoy so uh, we left him, he seemed a bit apprehensive, a little nervous, didn't know anybody, not many people were there yet. Uh, he moved in earlier uh, than the whole uh, on-campus population, which I think will be a benefit. Uh, we did receive a text from him before we went to bed last night that uh, he walked into uh, town uh, to get some ice cream and some cookies with some other students so that's nice and he said uh, things have been going great thus far so that's all a parent wants to hear you know what I mean getting their money's worth so to speak you know nothing worse than a a kid not happy in regard to any situation you know Um, once you start celebrating the little victories in life you'll realize just how infinite they truly are uh, and that's what we, I don't know why I'm having a tough time speaking, but that's what we need to learn to do, is to celebrate the little victories, you know, take solace in the fact that things aren't all that bad. Um, enjoy brushing your teeth. For those in third world countries, uh, probably don't have a, a toothbrush. You know, um, small sales that you make throughout the day. You know, be thankful and grateful for those because that can turn into uh, bigger opportunities for you. So, I um, at first I said this quote is just so generic, but you know, then again, it's it's brings out a lot of good points, which I've just um, illustrated to you. And the best time to make money was 20 years ago. And the second best time is now. And I received that quote uh, from one of my daily emails, and it was a tree. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is today. Um, But you can almost use anything, any noun will will work for the most part uh, but it's true with money best time to make it was 20 years ago you know can compound an interest in things 
but the second time second best time to make it is now so I thought that was pretty good uh, in every level of your life it will demand a different you if you can follow that in other words you're gonna go through a lot of different events and circumstances and trials tribulations and in every level of that it'll demand you know something different of you you know it's there's, there's not a generic resolution for everything you know there's different components that we need to to, to work at work on uh, with certain life events so I thought that was uh, a pretty pretty good quote and Saint Mother Teresa we fear the future because we are wasting the present and is that not true you know I think we a lot of us think to the future so much what will be what is has has come to be what we're expected to get and we don't focus on you know changing the present you know you can't change the future until you change the present you know so many people are concerned about changing the future well they need to change the present to really make some headway uh, in Matthew Kelly I kind of paraphrased what he was saying but you know servants in in scripture they're reaching out to us in word and spirit, uh, in in um, I, I guess symbolism, uh, there, there's a there's a lot of that. But also, we must reach out to them, you know, specifically in prayer, uh, thought, prayer, you know, meditation, and, and that's. You know, people like you and I that that lived in biblical times, uh, those that are in heaven, we call saints. Anybody in heaven is a saint. And the only way to get to heaven is to become a saint. Most people struggle with that because they said, well, Jesus, God forbid I died right now. I, I'm a good guy, but I'm not perfect what happens then well without getting into a, a theological debate uh, my faith teaches me that in order to enter heaven we need to become purified and no better purification than purgatory uh, and that rids us of our any lasting imperfections and I don't know the time frame for that. It may vary for different people. But there's hope for, for everyone in, in that respect. But hell is for real. And people, souls, do go to hell. Some go straight to heaven and some go to purgatory. Uh, and once you make it to purgatory, you're in, baby. You will eventually be in heaven. So that is worth noting. Um, it's not what goes into us that defiles us 
according to Jesus, but rather what comes out of us. The Pharisees were so concerned about having clean hands and clean animals that you consume, uh, and if you didn't, you were considered dirty or even evil. But Jesus turns it around on them and says, listen, nothing can defile what goes into you. It's what comes out of you, specifically your heart, your mind, your mouth, what you say, how you act. That's what defiles. And that, that's a, a, a great point uh, that was brought up today by uh, Matthew Kelly. And our friend Darren Hardy, uh, the Darren Daily email, disrupting text control over you. All technology nowadays, what's happening with it? Well, our virtual worlds are stunting our ability to... I can't read my writing here. To truly connect. I needed a Y under the truly. So our virtual worlds are stunt, uh, stunting our ability to truly connect in the physical world. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, walk into any park, restaurant, event, venue, or gathering, and you'll notice the people are not even there. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of them are consumed by what they carry in their pocket or their purse. It's their cell phone. Um, I think Darren illustrated it pretty good when he said he took his wife to the opera and they had balcony seats and throughout, you know, the opera, intermission and parts of the the play you saw all these illuminated lights from cell phones of people tapping away at the screens and he said it was a bit disheartening and I say I don't blame him <laughs> you know I it's the opera I, I don't know if I could handle that uh, the humanities haven't set in with me yet. The arts and the humanities. Uh, I would probably be one of those folks on my cell phone. You know, he says it's a shame. They spend hundreds of dollars on these these tickets, and here they are on their cell phones. But if my wife truly loved the opera, I would buy her tickets to it, and I probably would go on my cell phone, but just like uh, at a sporting event, I'd be more glued to what's on the field or the court uh, or whatever have you, uh, because that's more of my um, cup of tea, if you will. So, you know, it's to each his own, but his point is pretty riveting, you know what I mean? You can go into any restaurant and I see myself and my wife sometimes, us banging away on our cell phones real quick, re re replying to a text to the kids or this, that, or the other thing. You know, be present in the moment. Be present with each other. Because time is short. It's very short. 
and we need to enjoy it uh, with each other. It's like my wife comes home from work to essentially make lunch, but she doesn't come home to unwind. She comes home and gets wound up, whether it be the puppy that we just got, whether it be the children, whether it be her absolutely beautiful, wonderful, good-looking husband. You know, there's there's a number of uh, of things, but you know, I I just you know want to help her sometimes with that and. And it doesn't help when I say some things that come across, not condescending, but, you know, more of a mentoring type authority. And she's like, listen, Tony Robbins, I don't need to hear it today. You know, I'm, I'm fed up with my mother. Uh, the dogs drive me crazy. Your daughters drive me up, up a wall. So I get it. And I just need to be supportive and not controversial that's 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 tough for me but it's it's an easier job than I guess what she puts herself through so I need to to recognize that and uh, love to a child is t-i-m-e but in today's world it's attention we need to give our our attention to our children and whoever we're caregivers for, and then just don't plop them in the corner barricaded with a, an iPhone or an iPad, you know, um, try to be engaging, you know, stay in the presence of another individual today, that is your task, stay in the presence of another individual today. And today's story, a little bit of uh, shark bait. There was a merchant, well, there wasn't a merchant. There was a marine biologist, and he experimented with a, a shark. And he placed the shark in a tank with other small fish. And as expected, the shark attacked and ate all the fish. Then, the marine biologist placed a transparent fiberglass border to separate the shark from the fish. So the shark was on one side of the tank and the fish on the other. And the shark immediately attacked the fish but bounced off the fiberglass. No way to get to the fish. And he kept on trying. Uh, until finally quitting after about an hour or so, you know, and, and the, the experiment went on for several weeks, and each time the shark became less and less aggressive. It's like he became reluctant, so to speak, knowing that the fiberglass was there. And finally, the shark... Um, pretty much got tired and quit altogether. So the marine biologist then removed the fiberglass border. However, the shark did not attack the fish. He was trained to believe 
in the existence of a barrier between the fish and him. And this is fish swimming right by his nose. You know? So, you know, what human behavior does is ten times more effective than what we see with a shark acting on instinct. And the moral of the story today is, you know, we experience the same setbacks and failures and we give up emotionally and stop trying. You know, we create a barrier in our heads when there's no real barrier to contend with. So don't give up, you know, keep trying because opportunities turn into success. And with that, I will leave you to have a wonderful day. In the meantime, I will check in with you, Lord willing, tomorrow. And be well, stay well. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.